Chris Bedefield, and joining me, as always, is Michael Mallon. Hello, hello. How are you? I am well. Good. Doing well. It's it's a heat wave out here, so... Yeah, it's been very, very Georgia-like in terms of our weather. Hot and humid and thunderstorms every afternoon. Reminds me of when I lived in Houston, Texas, so... <laughs> yeah. It's very tropical. Houston's even worse. Uh but maybe because of the humidity, just before uh, we recorded this, I went to get my hair cut. And, you know, she's doing what I asked her and whatnot, and I'm not really paying attention. And then she's, like, blow-drying it. And I look up, and no, uh, no exaggeration, my hair is Guile from Street Fighter 2. Nice. <laughs> like she hadn't styled it yet. That wasn't the final product, but that was what was happening at that moment. And like if I hadn't been like, you know, with the like full cape on and where I could have like quickly gotten my phone, I would have snapped a picture because it it was pretty funny. You should have just did a flip in the air. <laughs> like bicycle kick style. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, we, we made a few modifications from that point. Everything turned out fine. But I looked up. I was like, whoa. Are you wearing camouflage cargo pants and a tank top right now? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. But, I mean, that that moment where he, like, combs his hair and it just kind of flops back out at that, like, cra- those crazy angles was exactly what was happening. Fantastic. Yeah. That, that, that reminds me. Somebody wrote an article years ago about the background characters in street fighter two, <laughs> just like, what were those people doing in the scenes? It's, it was, yeah. it was a funny internet thing. <laughs> nice. So we went to a concert last weekend and that that's going to be our main topic. Cause there are a numerous things from that show that turned into some thoughts and conversation that, that we continue to have. Yeah. So jumping right into it, we went to see, uh, I can never pronounce the name correctly, but the, I just say the raconteurs. I think that's more or less correct. Yeah. Or as as I refer to it, Jack White's band, right, is is not fair to the other musicians. Nope. We're going to get to that. Yeah. And it was at a venue that I haven't been to before, which was also interesting. The Armory here in mm-hmm. the Twin Cities, a really cool place to to see a concert. So. We went. I thought it was, a, it was a good time, but there were several things about that show that I found noteworthy. Um, the first of which is that Jack White took my phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> which anybody that has seen Jack White in the last couple of years is nodding along with you because, you know, this has been his thing for a little while. So he took my phone, mm-hmm. which, you know, I have I have different thoughts on that and then this is one of the things we've been talking about is just because you always give me a hard time like put away your phone put away your phone um especially at shows Mm -hmm. because people are taking pictures or they're taking videos Mm -hmm. so especially if you have just general admission standing room only not only are you dodging tall people's heads but you're also dodging everyone holding their screens up yep and I've been one of those people. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing a better job of not being one of those people. Mm-hmm. So taking away that option from everybody. Um, and I was curious to see how they were going to do that. They sent an email out ahead of time preparing people to get ready for yep. this. So it's a company called Yonder, which they've been around since 2014. I think they're... Google tells me they are headquartered in San Francisco, uh, California, and or I should say Wikipedia tells me that. Mm-hmm. And it was quite slick. It, it happened very quickly. So you walk in, and there's numerous people that have these green and gray pouches. You slide your phone in. There's a kind of a button, almost like something you would see in a clothing store. 
Yep. When you buy an expensive jacket or whatever, yep. they uh, kind of use a magnet or something to take it apart. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, I guess, a magnet or some kind of thing on the end that clips it shut, and then they give you the pouch. So you're holding your phone the entire time, but you can't use it. You can't open that unless you yep. go outside of the concert and outside they well not outside the but outside in the hallway mm-hmm. they have people who will let you open the pouch check your phone and then yep. before you go back into the show you have to close it back up again so in case of emergency or you really need to use a phone you can leave the show go look at it and then come back okay right. i sort of get it i get it from the artist's point of view it cuts down on distractions it makes people more mindful of the show there's other thoughts I have as well, but what what was your take on the not only the whole process of getting your phone taken away, uh, but whether or not you think it's valid? So, I mean, I think it's valid. Um, in some ways, for myself, I feel like I'm getting punished for other people's behavior um, because. It was a little bit frustrating. Like we, as you mentioned, the most of that venue is general admission and this was a sold out show and we got there in a timely fashion. We had a pretty sweet spot and especially when it was time for the main act, um, you know, everybody pushed in, it was tight. It was not super easy to get in and out of your spot or even a guarantee that your spot would be there when you got back. And so, therefore, it felt like a long way to go to have to check <laughs> your phone. And, like, right before they were starting, mine was vibrating a ton. And I had no idea, like, is this, you know, something that needs my attention? I knew the odds were that it was something that was not really needing my attention. And so I just gambled that that was the case. And it ended up being the case. But that's part of the problem is like when you can't see even like what the text is or anything, you don't know if it's an emergency or not where you need your phone. Um, I guess it's kind of a, a good uh, advertisement for having a smartwatch (laughs) Uh, because there were a lot of people very interested in their watches. I noticed uh, at that show and that that would be why. Um, But yeah, in general, I think feel like I'm pretty responsible with my phone. Like I usually take a couple of pictures and like at some point, if there's something kind of particularly cool, I will take a short video to sort of commemorate it. Um, And that's it. Like I don't have my phone out that much at shows. Now, the other thing is between acts, it's, (laughs) it's, you know, sometimes it's nice to be able to check your phone and whatnot. Um, And, adding insult to injury they took an above average amount of time to get set up between the opener and their act because of i don't know it seemed like the band had some pretty specific ideas about how the stage had to be set up they were measuring heights of microphones and stuff which i have not not seen before so there were there were tape measures which we were laughing about yeah and i'm not in position i don't I don't know the particulars of what you need, what you don't need, but yeah. I've been to a lot of concerts in my day. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I have never seen that before where they've got a tape measure out checking the exact height of a microphone multiple times. Right. Um, and they're all in uniforms and it just, I don't know. And it the was uniform, a- I was that was going to be another topic, but since you brought it up. Yeah. So the roadies or whatever the professional name is, sound technicians, maybe? Yeah, those are roadies. Okay. So so they had uniforms, which, again, that's that's a little bit of a new thing. Yeah. And the uniforms, I've been thinking about this to try to find the perfect way to describe it. And I don't think Mm -hmm. I've honed in on it yet. But my best description is it's a combination. If you've ever seen the movie Newsies. So Mm -hmm. it's a combination of a Newsie with a cop from Demolition Man. Yeah, I mean, it was very paperboyish. Yeah. Like but, like 1930s like, paperboyish. But like reimagined for like a noir future. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they had like these these caps, these like gray shirts, ties, mm-hmm. and uh, dark pants, slacks. Uh, and yeah, they were out there. It felt like for 40 minutes. Yep. Oh, sorry. Alexa, stop. <laughs> 
we're, it's time we're, for my son to take his medicine. We're keeping, we're keeping it in. We're keeping it in. Yeah. All it's right, all, it's all gold. It's all gold. Um, so I don't know. I, I think not having the phone was – it's sort of a cool social experiment. Mm-hmm. I think it just eliminates one of the distractions potentially from being at a concert. And certainly mm-hmm. if you're an, an artist, it eliminates some dynamics you don't have to deal with. Right. We just went, uh, we, my wife and I went to see Paul McCartney last month, or I guess two months ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had remarked about the cell phones. He you know, was talking to the crowd and he was just joking around saying, you know, I know, I know when I'm playing one of the hits that this, you know, everyone's cell phone comes down at all, like the whole stadium lights up. Mm-hmm. Like, and when we play one of our new songs, it's really dark. No one has their phone now. No one cares. Right. So he was rolling with it. I mean, he's been performing for, what, seven decades now? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think he has a different approach to that, and other artists have a different approach. Um, The fact that this was going to be a show where you couldn't access your phone, it did change my expectations for the concert. Mm -hmm. And it was also the first time... I had seen Jack White. I've been a fan of his music since, I don't know, what, 2000-ish? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really excited to see him, and he's quite a character. And if you've never seen it, it might get loud. Uh, definitely check out that documentary. It's really uh, interesting to kind of see his background and his his approach to, to music and guitar playing. So yeah, I had really high expectations, and just with the, with the phone thing, I... I don't know. It just sort of added to the mystique, potentially, of that concert. Right. And you had sent me a clip afterwards of one of the local uh, radio station personalities, uh, The Current, Mm -hmm. talking about the dynamic of the show and how since no one was on their phone, people were talking to each other more often Mm -hmm. and really engaging in a way that wouldn't be possible if everyone had their phone out. Maybe I'm antisocial. I didn't really see a ton of that, but what what did you notice? Uh, that somebody immediately spilled beer on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah. Really, the only people we interacted with uh, was the two young ladies behind us, and for no apparent reason, well before the opening act even started, yep. just spilled her beer. Yep. All over your feet. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, again, I didn't, I mean, I didn't talk that much with anybody around us. Um, not, I mean, sometimes that's something that I do, but there was nobody around us that I found particularly interesting that, that I wanted to engage with. I wanted to Um, talk to the guy who was there with a book. Oh yeah. I forgot about that guy. I I don't know where he ended up when the actual show started. I don't know if he does that to every show or if he just thought, well, if I can't read my phone, I'm bringing a book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was funny. Uh, He stood there for a good 20 minutes just reading a paperback book. Yeah. Middle of a packed floor just has this book out reading it. Unabashedly. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I see uh, the points you're talking about, Mary Lucia, who we ran into after the show. And you're like, who's that? <laughs> yeah, she's um, in the elevator. You're like, hey, that, that's that's somebody from The Current. I'm like, what? Yeah, who? Okay, Where? That's Luch. Um, she's been in the cities forever. She predates The Current. She was on other stations, alternative stations before that. Anyway, um, you know, I, I agree with some of her points, especially the not having people trying to hold their phones up above everyone and creating even worse sight lines than, you know, what exists with just tall people. Like, that's definitely, definitely a plus. Um, but I don't know. I just overall, it felt like it didn't really add a lot for me. It didn't create any additional expectations for me, but I can see why it might for other people like, oh, because the other times I'm aware of that they do that is like um, when Dave Chappelle was making sort of his comeback. And so, like, he doesn't want, like, there to be a bunch of videos of, like, his new material out there. Sure. And so, like, oh, we might see something cool or something new that they don't really want to then immediately be viral on the Internet or, um, like, 
a couple other comedians I know, uh, <laughs> Aziz and Siri for his Netflix special had asked people not to do that. So that wasn't like on the internet before Netflix. And also I think he, you know, wanted to talk about some of his controversy and not have it immediately show up on the internet. And, you know, if he didn't like how it came off, have the ability to <laughs> cut it out or, or something like that. Um, so I, I can see how it creates that expectation for people that like, Oh, we may see something really cool that, um, they don't want to immediately be on social media, but I didn't really walk in with that expectation because I just knew it was kind of one of the many Jack White, um, you know, peculiarities. So I don't know. I, I it just it felt neutral for me. I, I see some of the advantages. I was also kind of a, annoyed not to be able to like quickly check when I knew I was getting messages and like making sure it wasn't like something that you know, involving my son or something like that. So, you know, it's not a big deal either way for me, but. Well, to, to put a bow on that part of the conversation, when do you think, for example, like I thought the way they had it organized. And again, I'll just mention this, this company yonder, they're not a sponsor or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, yet, yet, (laughs) um, where would you think this would be appropriate? I mean, I think it's appropriate whenever people want to do it. I, you know, I do think it's nice um, if there's an, you know, the the logistics of being in the middle of a huge room of 8,000 people and knowing you're not getting that spot back if you have to go check your phone is a little bit annoying. So, I mean, that's really my only complaint about it is, you know. Still, lots of us don't have a smartwatch that we can just glance at and be like, oh, no, that's not something I need to worry about. Um, but Pretty soon we'll all just have glasses that act as I know. phones and you can scan and blink. And by the next Jack White tour, it'll be wired to my brain. But um, between now and then, that that's kind of my my only mild annoyance with it. And like I said, at least for me in my particular situation, I I knew that even though my phone buzzed a whole bunch of times that chances were it was not something that you know couldn't wait and then that was true but yeah i I did have no anxiety about the phone Mm -hmm. Um, maybe surprising i my wife was home with our son he was down sleeping i figured the chances of me being needed are, are quite slim right um so i wasn't anxious to like look at look at my phone but at one point, you you walked away uh, to get another beverage, maybe use mm-hmm. the restroom. And so I was standing there for, I don't know, I didn't time it, um, where I'm sure if I would have had access to my phone, I just would have had my nose buried in my phone. Yeah. You know, maybe chatting with someone nearby. But it was just like, OK, I'm just going to stand here. What's up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it wasn't like people who people were with friends and were talking to those friends. It didn't seem like there was any more intermingling than there would have been otherwise. Yeah, at least not where we were. Again, Lucia's uh, experience seemed to differ from ours in that way. And that, you know, that's cool. I mean, I'm all for things that force us to be a little more present, not just immediately like, oh, my God, I have 30 seconds with nothing to do phone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, but. Yeah, we and we've talked about it before in different shows with different things. Like if you're, whatever behavior you're doing, just kind of consider what what is the function of that behavior. Mm-hmm. What are the benefits? What are the consequences? Yeah. Um, so that's it about the phone. I thought it was kind of it was interesting. Uh, the armory being the first time in there, pretty cool spot. I, I think that's going to be a good venue for a long time. Yeah, uh, I was encouraged because I had seen Vampire Weekend there. Um, you know what? a month or so ago and the sound for that was a little mushy and you never really know like how much that's the venue how much that's you know the particular band and their people and whatnot so i thought that the sound this time was a lot better so that's that's good it's a big place yeah for like standing room only is Mm -hmm. is a big space and they have some vip areas along the side the bars are along the side Uh, it's just it's a cool it's a cool spot. So I'm excited to see somebody else there in the future. Yeah, for people in other places it's uh was originally it's called the Armory because that's what it was and I 
I'm not sure what the exact date of the building is, but it is an old, old building. And then um, it's had many uses over um, the years, including the Minneapolis Lakers playing there once upon a time. So it's a kind of a long building that's laid out kind of like a basketball stadium. Um, and so it's got bars all the way down each side, kind of where the you know bleachers would have been. And then the whole like what would it be like the court is just general admission for for most shows i think occasionally they put chairs out there for something but and trivia question if you weren't aware that the los angeles lakers are from minneapolis (laughs) (laughs) yes they if you're wondering why an la team is called the lakers now you know yep so i was very excited to see jack white and Definitely that had built up expectations. I was trying not to get too like, like, oh, my mind's going to be blown. This is going to be amazing. I was trying to mm-hmm. tamper that. I think the whole phone thing added to this, the mystique of the show of like, okay, what's he going to do? Is he going to be like, interacting with the crowd, talking? Is there, like, just didn't know what to expect. Just be buck naked. Well, I wasn't really expecting that. <laughs> so the opening act was okay. They were, they were fine. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was a long break while the the newsy demolition man roadies were, were doing their thing. Yeah, microphones so, were measured. Microphones were measured. Guitars were tuned and tuned and tuned and tuned again. Mm-hmm. So again, this was all sort of adding to the to the anticipation of okay, like the, all right, like this is going to be quite the production. And then the lights finally go down. Band comes out. And Jack White comes out with this maniacal energy, which just totally increased my expectations even more. So I was trying to manage them. So he like runs out. He has on this court jester shirt, uh, black and red checkers. It's kind of uh, reminiscent to the White Stripes days. Um and he's just like really enthusiastic and pumping up the crowd and mm-hmm. very demonstrative. And then they kick into Salute Your Solution, very high energy song. He's sort of bouncing around on all, all over the place. And at this point, I'm, I'm ready for a spaceship to fly out of his head. Like, mm. I'll, I'll believe anything. Right. Um, and from there, it just, it, I say just, which I think is dismissive, it was a, it was a rock concert. It was a very good rock concert, and that never, I think, went into any sort of epic level, mm-hmm. which I don't even know what that would mean. I, we'll get into the expectations in a bit. Um, they played nine songs. There was an encore. Uh, like They took a break, came back out, played six more songs, and that was it. The lights came up. Mm-hmm. And. You know, every song was great. I knew them all. Uh, mm-hmm. I've they have three albums. I've listened to them a ton, including the new album, which just came out about a month ago. But between yard work and driving, I've probably listened to that album ten plus times, mm-hmm. uh, which is rare for me uh, to listen to a new album that much. Um, so I don't know something about the whole experience when it was over. I was I was just left perplexed, <laughs> and I was trying to figure out why. And you were just like, "Hey, it was good." Right. Like, yeah, I know. And so you were, you were trying to console me in some way. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, a word that you have used and I, it sounds like you've already kind of, uh, honed in on this as well as expectations. And I think the last two shows we've been to, you were a little bit something because of just how long the show had lasted versus kind of your expectation based on seeing, I think primarily Pearl Jam a zillion times of like how long, you know, a show should be with like, you know, how long should a headliner play? Right. And so I was curious about this and I went to the Twitter hive mind to collect some data. Yep. So I I threw out a couple of questions uh, yesterday. So I just had a poll up for 24 hours. I wanted to see, well, you know, I have my thoughts and opinions and expectations, but what what do other people think? Mm-hmm. So the first question I threw out there was, um, first, how many songs do you expect to hear from the headlining act at a concert, not including festivals? Because festivals change the math, certainly. 
Right. Um, so I listed the option as 8 to 12, 13 to 17, 18 plus, or quality, not quantity, exclamation mm-hmm. points. Um, so that got over 80 votes, so a decent, not a tremendous sample size, but a decent number of people chimed in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most common response, 40% of the people said 13 to 17 songs is their expectation mm-hmm. from a headliner. Uh 23% said 8 to 12, 18% said 18 plus, and 19 said quality, not quantity. So where did you vote? I didn't vote because I just oh. ran the poll. No, you, uh, didn't, you didn't vote in your own poll? I didn't vote in my own poll. That would, that would be tampering. I, I voted quality, not quantity. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the Rock and Tours, they played, I think, 15 songs. So it's right in that spot where... The majority of people answered, right? Uh, Thirteen to seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next question, and because you made a, a good point that not all bands have equal length of song times, <laughs> right? Where the what was the example you used? Grateful Dead in the Ramones. I said Grateful Dead on one end, and then I had like Odessa like in the middle, and then the Ramones like way way on the far end. Because if the Ramones played, you know, fourteen songs, their concert would be like twenty eight minutes long. Right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Yeah. <laughs> so the next the next question I put up was, how long do you expect a performance by a headlining act at a concert, not including festivals, to last? Um, so here I had trouble trying to come up with time distinctions yeah. uh, or segments of time. So I put uh, 30 to 59 minutes, 60 to 89 minutes, 90 to 119 minutes, and then 120 plus minutes. So basically half hour to an hour hour to an hour and a half and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty even where approximately 90% of the people either picked 60 to 89 minutes or 90 to 119 minutes. So yep. more or less an hour to an hour and a half. Yep. Or an hour to two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is right where this concert fell in. It was in the earlier window of that. I think, they had, I think they played for about 80 minutes or so. I don't think it was too much longer than that. I didn't time it, so yeah. I, I don't know. Um, and it's funny because a part of the reason that I think I have these expectations is I was listening to a Pearl Jam concert from 2003 at State College, which mm-hmm. is this legendary show by them, where at the time it turned into their longest concert ever. Mm-hmm. where the crowd just waited them out. And so they played something like 35 songs over the course of three hours or something crazy like that, mm-hmm. which is not the norm for their shows, but they typically easily play over 20 songs and play for a good two hours or so. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they perform, and I think I'm just used to that. Right. So when that doesn't happen, I'm just, oh, okay. And even when we saw Paul McCartney... He played for two and a half, two forty-five, without really much in the way of encore breaks and yeah, um, you know different different styles of music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was damn impressive for someone who's seventy-four. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I think on that front, I mean, one factor to consider when you're seeing a headliner is like how long have they been around because. If at this point in their career, if Pearl Jam or Paul McCartney wants to do a show and they want to play anything that they haven't played a million times before, whether that's their new album or just lesser stuff that people don't care about as much, and then play the hits, so to speak, like that's going to be a longer show. Like they have a lot of things to hit to try to satisfy their audience, unless they're that kind of band that's just like, screw it, we're going to play what we want to play and you know, like it or leave, um, which isn't a great way to get people to come out to see you again the next time. <laughs> so th- those bands that have that kind of catalog are going to tend to have to play longer just for that reason. Um, and I should probably at this point shout out, I, I, I went over these topics a little bit with uh, my friend Kitty, the professional concert goer in, uh, in Cleveland. I say Aaron. No, Aaron would be a good person to talk to as well, yes. but, but I didn't happen to speak to him uh, before we did this. So, 
Um, so they, I mean, that's well, that's well, definitely what well, well, What I just said was one of you know her thoughts was like, well, you know, the Raconteurs have two to three albums. Like they don't have a, you know, they're gonna be playing a lot of their stuff um, and, and and or run out of stuff if they try to play, you know, thirty songs and whatnot. But so there's that. Um, but I also think part of it, too, is like, you know, the the word that keeps coming up here, which is expectation, which, you know, is always a dangerous thing to have <laughs> for anything. Um, and I, I mean, I just think there's a lot of different ways to do these things. And I have maybe some personal preferences about what I want out of a band. Um, but I, I mean, part of it is like if everybody does a three hour show. For everybody that's not a super fan, that's too long. <laughs> yeah, and some people wrote that to me. They're like, you know, anything more than two hours, I've I've had enough. I mean, <laughs> I'm exhausted. We're 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 not spring chickens anymore, and that's part of it. But like, we're standing for that whole show, and like, you know, I I would comment at one point as like, you know, I should have chosen, you know, comfort over fashion because. And you know? I politely said, at least you're not wearing compression socks. It's true. I, I did not have any th- sympathy, sadly. Right. Uh, but, you know, the the dogs are barking a little bit, and it wasn't that long of a show. And that's – the the length of that show was fine for me because I'm not a super fan. Like, I'm familiar with some of their songs. I, you know, recognize quite a few of the songs they played. Some of them I did not. I certainly don't know the the lyrics to songs. I wasn't singing along in this case. I was just there to enjoy a good rock show and a, a really good performer. And I was perfectly satisfied with that. Um, I get it for like somebody that is in that category of knows every lyric and wants them to play, you know, this song, that song, and this song, and that song, or like it wasn't the perfect concert for me. And I've been there, like, you know, I have the bands that I'm that way about. But one thing you have to consider is like the people like me, or like when you're like, oh my God, Jack White's coming, you got, if you've never seen it before, you got to come see this. Like as a performer, like this is how you make a living like you got to satisfy both of those people as best you can because you want that new person at your show to be like oh this is sweet and i'm going to come back and see them the next time to come to town and if you do three hours that just starts to drag because <laughs> you know you're pulling out rarities and b-sides and blah blah, blah. like that person's kind of like i got bored after 90 minutes and really wanted to go home and I had to sit there for another 90 minutes. So I don't know how much bands really think about that or how much that's in their mind when they come up with set lists and how long things are going to take. But I do think there is a important factor there. Yeah. And it, uh, I, I mean, I wrestle with this a lot. I think it's just my, my guilt <laughs> that comes into play. Yeah. I was like, am I being entitled? I feel like I'm not being fair. And I, did not have a bad experience by any means. I, I it thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was great to see them live. They sounded awesome. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of elements, different parts of the show that I thought were really unique. And part of it about my expectations, and again, this I'm going to be very honest about my ignorance, is I don't think I quite realized the dynamics of that band right. until I saw them, even though I've listened to those albums for years mm-hmm. and years and years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, it sort of struck me as odd as to how much in my mind, Jack White defers mm-hmm. in that group. Cause I always just think of it as his band, which right. probably if I would have read articles about them or watched interviews or been to a show before, I would, I would know better. Yep. Um, and it's not, like I know a ton of other fans of that band where we talk about them. It's just like, Oh, I like this music and I listen to it. It makes me happy or it makes me feel X, Y, and Z. Um, so during the show, there's a lot of songs where Jack White is playing guitar off to the side or by the back, by the drummer. Mm-hmm. And the other guy, Brendan is singing. And I kept thinking, why is he singing? <laughs> Again, this is me being very open about my ignorance. Right. Uh, 
uh, which I realize I'm being a bad fan, even though I really like that band and I paid to see them. I'm excited I did. Mm-hmm. But I, it didn't make sense to me. I was, I was like, oh, do they just do this at shows? Because on the albums, it sounds like Jack White mm-hmm. to me. It just in my headspace, it when there's vocals from those albums, it feels like it's Jack White singing the majority of the time, and then other people chime in during harmonies. Mm-hmm. I've seen them in concert. Went back and listened to the album. I'm like, oh that's a different person singing that song. I never really thought of it that way. Right. So this is kind of like, uh, you know, eighth grade Chris that thought that, uh, anytime there's a low voice on guns and roses songs that it was slash singing <laughs> <laughs> or kind of the opposite of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that just threw me off again, like the expectations. I'm like, man, this show has a weird vibe. What's going on? (laughs) No, this is just the band. They're performing. Right. This is what they do. (laughs) But I, but I honestly wonder, because maybe this is just a me thing, but I wonder how many other people there had a similar reaction. I mean, it's hard to say. I do think that, you know, Jack White is the attraction when it comes to this thing. And so there probably were people there kind of like me, but like less familiar with who this band is that probably had that same reaction. But, and I mean, again, I think part of what we're dancing around here and, you know, it's a natural human thing to do is just expectations. And that's kind of what I was talking about with my friend, which is, you know, the more you can show up to shows and just um, enjoy the experience and understand that different bands are going to handle it in different ways, different styles of music are going to lend themselves to different types of shows and like, you know, enjoy being there with hopefully some friends and, you know, if you enjoy adult beverages, having some adult beverages, you know, whatever it is that like you just take in that show and enjoy it for what it is instead of like holding it up to like, well, this is what I liked about all these other shows. So you need to do that because, you know, it doesn't work for every band to do that. Um, and for me, I was trying to stay away from that. I really want to hear this song. Yeah. Like if I hear this song, it'll be great. And there were two songs I wanted to hear that I didn't hear. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. I think they played both of them in Milwaukee, like in the night or two before. I was like, Man. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, it was, I've been very navel gazing about it over <laughs> this past few weeks. Yeah, and I, I think w- another f- factor that we haven't really talked about is that, in addition to kind of what the band plans to bring and w- whatnot, like there is an interplay there. And like you mentioned that they came out with this huge energy and there was a, you know, there was an opportunity there that had that whole crowd come back at them with a similar energy that that show may have gone to different places. There may have been a second encore. Your two songs you want to may have gotten played. Like, unfortunately, like, you know, just the general vibe of Minneapolis crowds, in my opinion, is that they tend to be big supporters of music. They are, you know, they're enthusiastic about it to a point, but like just not over the top for pretty much any band that I've seen. So that energy level that they were hoping to create there. And there were a couple other times where like, you know, try to do the sing along moment and people weren't really having it or prepared for it that clearly that had worked for them in other places you know which is just very consistent with the vibe in in minneapolis which is like we like music we show up but we're also kind of polite and a little reserved and you know that also creates a certain atmosphere that doesn't always give bands the reciprocation that they're hoping for and that that affects things we talked about that during the Dead Sarah podcast. <laughs> right. Because that was a much smaller venue, certainly a smaller band. Yep. Um, and I would say my devotion to that band is, is louder than devotion to the Rockateurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like super hype and fired up. And it was just, I was perplexed by the people who were like, you know, it was like golf clap. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah. don't need to be fired up. And, and that happened at the beginning of, of this show. And then there was one point where Brendan, one of the, sing- the singer, a guitar player, 
did like a call back to the audience. It's like, oh, you guys were here last time and tried to get the crowd to sing some lyrics. And I, it maybe wasn't the best like setup style either, but the crowd just, I don't, even, I don't think they knew what they were supposed to do. Nope. And he made the comment. He's like, oh, I guess not. Maybe not. And right. like, him and Jack White were talking to each other while playing. Like he couldn't hear what they were saying. Yep. And so me being body language doctor, I'm like, what is happening? Like, I feel like this shows has an odd vibe. <laughs> and I read read a review in the local paper, and there's no mention of that. It was this was a great show and mm-hmm. awesome energy, and yep. it didn't seem like reality. It's, I mean, maybe it was for that person, mm-hmm. but it it seemed like there were elements of that performance that didn't get captured in the write up of that diff the difference between what I thought the band's energy was and what the fans energy was. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, For whatever I, it's worth. I think that the, cause I, I read that same review and like, it seemed more or less correct to me. It's, it's just within that context of like, yep, this is kind of, you know, what the audience tends to look like at, at a Minneapolis show. And I think, some of it is on the audience, but again, like they came out with one energy level and had they sustained that a little bit longer, they might've, you know, continued to kind of hype up the crowd. And, you know, I assume there, I've been to some shows here that have had much higher energy levels. And that was, you know, because there was kind of more of that interplay between the band and what they were doing in their energy level. And I'll say this too about them in particular is like, there wasn't much interacting with the crowd. No, I was going to bring that. I think that's definitely an expectation. I have that almost the professional wrestling aspect of it (laughs) where like, give me something yeah, like, hello, Minneapolis or like, Oh, we were walking around X, Y, and Z, or we ate here or like just some kind of local flair Right. Give me a short story about what this song means or why you wrote it. Anything. Yeah, but again, this is getting to that idea of like, it's sort of like you have this, I don't want to say cookie cutter, but like you have these, again, expectations about and like some bands, that's who they are and that's what works for them and others it it doesn't. And, you know, I, I kind of am more of the school of like enjoy them for what they are instead of like, you get every band has to have a Minneapolis story to tell or talk about. You know, it's like oh, Prince is from here, and like, you, I think what what song from Prince would they have covered? Well, I've 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 witnessed like fifteen Purple Rain covers from like all different types of artists. So you know, and you know that's fine. Like, but just you know, do what you want to do or, or what you don't. Dylan but. is from around here. Apparently he just gave an article talking about Dylan. I don't know. Yeah. That could have been a possibility. Yeah. Um, but it was just interesting. Like he, he, or like really no one from the band interacted that much. Nope. Just a little bit of like, how are you guys doing? A little banter. Yeah. Know, but not, not really nope. too much. Nope. I think Jack White said all like five words, the entire, entire and, show. So. And on the, on the flip side, it wasn't like the crowd had any chance going or, I don't think anyone had a sign. I don't even know if they, the armory lets signs in. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to be pretty annoyed if you make me put my phone away and then, you know, everybody's got their, like, EDM show giant totems and stuff and be like, come on, man. <laughs> um, but but I think it's an expectation of mine, just that there is a little bit of give and take there. Well, and, and I was talking about that with my friend. Like, I think that's something that we both kind of like too, is like the more they engage with you and kind of, I don't know, deliver a little bit of their personality. You know, it generally I tend to think is, is better. But again, some like when I go see like <clears throat> electronic act, it's pretty rare for them to do much of it anything like that and if they do i find it pretty annoying like give give me the person that just plays their set all day over the person that 20 times is like everybody throw up your effing hands like that gets old to me in a hurry um 
And I've certainly seen people that talk too much to the crowd. I was recalling to her going to see Billy Bragg a long time ago and how he had like a 20 minute political rant in between every one of his songs, which are like five minutes long. So it felt like it probably wasn't really this, but it felt like 20 minutes of talking for every five minutes of song. And I was like, I'm never seeing this person ever again. I was there for free and I was like, yeah, uh, I'm never, ever, ever paying money or coming back for free for this so you know but that's his vibe and some people were there and that's what they were there for and that's fine too i mean i I think the concerts that i've left recently where i just wanted more of it i I don't think it necessarily makes me a bad fan Mm -hmm. i think it's not like that ruins the experience it's just like oh it was really great I don't know when I'm going to have the time to see them or when they're going to be back in town again. Right. I just wish there would have been more of that thing I liked. Right. Um, it's not like I feel like, oh, it was a waste of money or I got, it doesn't feel, it's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. It's just wanting that experience to be taken to another degree, which is selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I think it's hard for any artist to create that, kind of night of your life experience, you know, every night they go out there, you know, like I'm sure they've same band has had shows in other cities that, you know, people were completely blown away. They came out with that energy. People came back at them with that same energy and it just kind of took off from there. And, but not every show can be that way, whether there's differences between cities or not in terms of how they tend to react to these things. But, you know, it's, they're doing this night after night after night. It's hard to always create that. And again, there's that um, relationship between them and the audience that even if they have it on a night, if the audience doesn't, that doesn't create quite, you know, the the atmosphere you might have wanted. So if they were to come back in town a couple of years, would would you go see them? Well, I mean, in the, in this case, as you know, like I was perfectly happy to see them. I was not planning to shell out, you know, what they were asking for to go to that particular show because I wasn't that familiar with the material. Like I know I've seen the white stripes. I, I knew it would be a good show, but so, I mean, I would kind of be in the same spot next time around. Like if you're going to play that size venue and it's going to be that price of ticket, Probably not, but that's not really because of anything they did or didn't do. It's just more kind of like where I'm at in my relationship with that, my level of fanhood for that band. Yeah. Well, the postscript on all of this was a was a fun social media moment when people are like, hey, there's a vampire sitting behind home plate at the Twins game. Yeah. Like, it looks like Jack White. <laughs> oh, wait a second. It is Jack White. Right. <laughs> So there was this, I don't know if it was a national thing, but it was definitely a Twin Cities Twitter yep. uh, extravaganza. Yep. Screenshots everywhere, people remarking that, because it was the night after the show, yep. and there he was right behind, like you could not miss him. He was in nope. every shot of yep. the game, mm-hmm. r- right behind home plate with the rest of the band, Yep. Um, which I feel like we're doing to the service to the other guys in the band, but it's Jack White, it's... Right, right. <clears throat> so I thought that was pretty cool that they stayed in town and went to a Twins game. But it would have been nice if, like, do that the night before and then talk about that at the show. <laughs> you know, that was their off day. That's He's a baseball I, fan. That's what he, what he wants to do. I have a Jack White baseball card. How was that possible? That's there. There's a... Uh, there was a run and I think it was tops of like celebrities throwing out first pitches. And so he's, you know, huge Detroit Tigers fan throughout a first pitch. So there's a Jack White throwing out the first pitch baseball card that I um, did. He throw it well. I don't know. It's it's just frozen oh. in time on the card. He okay. could have thrown it five feet for all I know. Just uh, the card shop that I used to play magic at also did sports cards. And he knew I was a, a music fan and I have my Jack White baseball card that i use as you're still to this day uses a magic token i wonder if that uh is worth anything uh, i hope not because he comes out as like an elf or a goblin token all the time so oh that's unfortunate <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 300 dollars elf token <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be the the way i roll but but i doubt it's worth anything <laughs> 
So it, I'm I'm glad we went. It's a it's a good show. Uh, it just was interesting, and maybe I think about these things too much. Maybe it would be nice if I just like I went to the show and it was fun, and then I drove home and went to work the next day. Yeah, I mean, I do think that like you know just kind of letting go of some of those expectations and we all do it to varying degrees about everything, but shows in particular, like, especially again, like I said, the more you're a fan of the band, like you have that, you know, whether you really stop to think about it or not, like you, you have that list in your head of like, I really hope they play a, B and C and you know, you're maybe a little bummed if they don't get to them or not, but the more you can just go there and enjoy the experience and being there with your friend or friends and, you know, take them for who they are, I think the better. Now, that doesn't excuse, like, some people put on a terrible show or don't put an effort or, <laughs> you know, uh, there were the, not to throw so many Guns N' Roses references into one. Uh, now, save that, because you just sent me something on Facebook that I think is going to be our next, next episode. <laughs> I think we're going to have a live reaction to the Guns N' Roses video. <laughs> I think that I just think that's the next episode. Yeah, but no, I mean we play they... November Rain and just break it down into like thirty second segments and then talk about it and discuss. Right, uh, but you know they had those infamous shows where they were co headlining with Metallica and they were throwing temper tantrums and playing four songs and quitting because the sound was bad and stuff like you know some bands. Um, despite whatever expectations you may or may not have shown up with. Um, will uh put on a bad show and you know call a spade a spade but the more you can kind of take them for who they are instead of like being like well you know everybody's got to be like you know because some acts are kind of legendary for their you know bruce springsteen or pearl jam or who you know that's a huge part of who they are and some bands you know it may or may not be or they're kind of still figuring out what really works for them if they're not that old of a bit you know if they haven't been around that long so i don't know no, I would say that it was a very professional show. It was indeed. Uh, it sound sounded good. It was it was impressive. Um, I'm glad I was I was there. I, I didn't realize how big of a person Jack White is. He's mm-hmm. like six two or something. Yep. He's uh, he has he has stature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did, you know the the biggest thing that bothers me is when bands do cookie cutter versions. Of, you know, like I it's just their album but louder um and they didn't do that like they you know no they had a lot of they had a lot of twists for the live performance which yep. were cool had a lot of different ways it kind of takes on songs and stuff like that which is kind of what i want when i go to a live show so yeah so we will be back this is our two consecutive weeks congratulations right. yeah Woo. we will be back uh we have to cut you know the next segment just didn't have enough time for Matt Damon, so hopefully he's available <laughs> next time. Yeah, well, we will get to that overrated, underrated episode. He is in the – well, I don't want to introduce him at the topic, but he's he was in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw the Red Band trailer today, too. Interesting. So that, that could be a future topic, mm-hmm. along with Top Gun Maverick. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. So fly (laughs) off in a danger zone. Consider your expectations for concerts. Yep. uh, We'll see you next time. Yep.